Welcome back to another season of Roadmap to Politics. This week, our hosts, JH and AJ, dive into what our organization, Millennial Action Project, is all about, how it was founded nationally and locally, what we believe in, and so much more, including the origins of this podcast, where I interview AJ, our founder, to hear about what his experience with founding a podcast, running one, and eventually growing it. everyone. Uh, welcome back to Season 2 of Roadmap to Politics. This is Alex, but I'll be known as AJ for now. And I'm JH, and thanks for uh, listening again. And today we're going to be talking about Millennial Action Project, how it started, how the UW chapter was started, and the podcast. Of course, our podcast, because, you know, shameless self-plug. <laughs> as always, right? Right. And, and also, as a new thing for Season 2 is we're actually going to have show notes this yes. time. This is very exciting. <laughs> so, okay, we can definitely start off with, like, um, what exactly is the Millennial Action Project? Because it is, like, a national organization founded by a former UW student, Stephen Alcara, who we've actually had the fortunate chance to interview earlier. So there is an episode where we go way more into depth with that. Uh, episode 5, Season 1, for anybody who's listening. Correct. And we'll put a link in the show notes for that. Of course. Of course, always. But basically what... um. Millennial Action Project does, just to kind of break it down just for this episode, is they're a national organization based in Washington, D.C., and they're focusing on promoting bipartisanship in the United States. Mm -hmm. Um, But the way that they do that is through a lot of different things. One of the primary things that that they do is establish something called a Future Caucus made up of millennial lawmakers in different states. So far, I think it's 38, right? I think so. You're right about that. Um, I know that Wisconsin was one of the main ones because that's where they do most of their work besides D.C., but it's been expanding ever since it was founded in 2011. Yep. It's quite quite a bit. Pretty good stuff. And it's really focusing on issues that are affecting us right now or in the future. And recently, actually, I had the really cool chance of going to the Future Summit in Nashville, right? Yeah, no, I didn't go to the actual summit, but... um, what they do is they do this thing called Future Summit where they bring in all the lawmakers who are involved with MAP and or just some millennial lawmakers and they have a, this summit where they do three days of really discussing a lot of important issues and the, these are all from all across the state, across the U.S. and I luckily had the chance to go to one of the events that was late in, in the night in Nashville, Tennessee and got a chance to talk with some of these lawmakers and it's really interesting the vibes you get from walking in and not knowing at all where they lie on the political spectrum, but still being able to have like a really nice and um, civil discussion about what is going on in, in politics today. So that was like really inspiring to go to, and I really love the work that MAP does. And one of my favorite things I feel like is the the red and blue dialogues, which is something that we actually as an org we've done. Yeah, like our version of it here on our campus. Yeah, if you had the privilege to come to the Red or Blue Dialogue, I want to thank you personally for coming. It was a great time. It was really successful. Mm-hmm. But if you haven't, it's just a little overview of the Red Blue Dialogue. It's basically we get a facilitator and normally three to six people in a group, and we discuss politics. But the way that we discuss politics is about personal experience. We don't really talk about policy. We don't really talk about enacting that change the, the change comes out of the discussion mm-hmm. a lot of people don't really 
get how that works at first because it's like how do you discuss politics without talking about policy without talking about you're talking about the issues but the way you're addressing the issues is a very personal way it's not going to be more it's not going to be particularly like partisan in any way right every and you really find out that everybody really has a very similar experience with that and that's where the growth happens that's where we can start to agree on things right and it's like really a lot about trying to be able to well, like something that we've been saying a lot in the show is detoxify politics. Right. And I'll definitely go more into that later in this in this episode. Mm-hmm. But generally, um, the thing about the red and blue dialogues that's very po- powerful is just that, like the experience I had with going to the to the event, was that I didn't know at all anyone's political background when I went to the the, ma- the national maps version of the red and blue dialogues. I didn't know anyone's political standing there. But we were still able to have very fruitful discussion about issues. I think the one that I went to was about higher education in general and like how do you handle those issues of like trade schools, funding, all those type of issues. And they've had other talks like the future of work. I know they had one somewhere in Sheboygan, I think, mm-hmm. about something water. I don't know, but I'll, it's probably on the website. Was addressing the water issue that was coming out of the Foxconn deal, right? Yeah, something along those lines. I think so. Yeah. What's your experience with it or something? Mm-hmm, definitely. One of those topics. And I think criminal justice was one. Yep. Was it voting one? Voting was one. That was for the 2018 yeah. election. Oh, you voted. Now what, the, now what do you do? Yep. Now what do you do? Yep. How do you stay engaged in politics even after an election cycle, which is very, I feel, a very important topic. Right. Because sometimes, um, at least for me, my experience, whenever I would, I would be involved in politics, it used to be very much along the, the cycle and just kind of catching the wave of engagement rather than like actively engaging regardless of when what time it is mm-hmm. so there's a little bit of that so that's kind of like a little bit of an overview of what the national map does yep. so now we can get a little bit more into what exactly our organization tries to do since you know thinking about the word like millennial you know right now most of the college kids are Hitting Gen Z, which is very and a very interesting thought. Cause very much not millennials anymore. So right. how does it apply to us? You know? Right. Yeah. It's like at first when people hear it, it sounds almost alienated to college students because we aren't millennials, as you said. Right. So the way that it really addresses to us is we don't really because millennials have more of a position of power than we do at the moment because college students don't generally have that same level of power as per se a millennial or somebody older would that's the way we we use that name so that we can try to appeal to them along with you guys we try to keep the partisanship very minimal here we try to keep everywhere we just try to keep an, an engaging and thoughtful open discussion about politics keep you guys to keep us engaged but not feeling toxic right because I noticed sometimes politics can get very tiring or very heated or personal in the sense which is kind of the interesting thing about trying to apply this like this project um, into a college campus because I know there's definitely a lot of news about politics in, in college campuses with speakers and whatnot coming in and then just like backlash or whatever but there's a lot going on and it's really important just to you know be able to, to kind of like foster healthy discussions here for the future. And when I went to the event um, for the national work, there was actually a lawmaker there who was 
she was twenty or she was elected when she was twenty one. Really? Yeah, and she was like twenty two or three at the time of the event, which was literally just a, just past August. And I just found that very interesting yeah. because um like just it's like just because you're young doesn't mean you can't Obviously. do yeah. something. But like I wasn't implying that young people don't have the power to change when I said that. Oh yeah, no, no, I definitely did not did not think that. But it's just kinda like a cool little snippet to put in there because I thought that was kind of, that was yeah. very interesting like oh cool yeah <laughs> yeah but um that, that's a very interesting aspect of just like what happens and just kind of like trying to work towards politics and working you know and understanding or engaging in politics because it's really in, like, in my opinion it tends to be everywhere and like whatever you're passionate about there's something political going on even though you know it's hard to really see it sometimes, at least from my opinion, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, I totally get you on that one. Yeah, and that's the, the thing that was very exciting about the starting, I was like one of the first members of the UW version of the Linear Action Project. We were here, yeah, you old man, you've been here since the beginning. Right. <laughs> Definitely. How did you get involved in math? I want to know. Yeah, okay, yeah, so um, so UW Madison, we have a thing called the Student Org Fair, which is usually around fall and spring. It's September and... January, January, February. Oh, it's September 11th and 12th. Yeah, I was just later. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, generally the um, the school has one org fair for the spring versus two in the fall. Mm-hmm. And I went to the spring one because this was my sophomore year of college, and I was like, okay, you know, I tried out a couple of different political orgs. I I was I joined one of the, I mean I. You know, went around because I at that point my first freshman and sophomore year I was in a very weird place politically. Like I didn't have like a political identity for for the most part. I just really enjoyed politics and like learning more about different issues and just kind of like what's going on in, in you know Congress and the Senate and whatnot. Just like in, or, you know, I mean that's the same thing. But um, you know, what's going on politically? And I was just walking through all the all the political orgs and. At first, it felt very overwhelming because there was a bunch of them at that point. Mm-hmm. You know, I was being approached by one or the other, and there were some in there that I already went to their meetings. And then I just saw the president, the founder of the time, um, her name was Emily, and the other um, president, founding member, was Lauren. And I was just talking to them. We were just chatting a little bit, and I can just see this passion in her voice and how she was talking about, like, yeah, I really want to engage people in politics, but, like, it doesn't have to be like you know this like um, aggressive or heated like it is now. Um, we're really trying to promote bipartisanship and working together and like solving issues that matter to us. And then I was like, yeah, I'm so on board with that because mm-hmm. definitely sometimes for me, at least from my experience, some of the political orgs can get very like echo chambery, which can happen. It makes sense, you know. Because, yeah, and you're surrounded by like-minded individuals. Yeah, and that's actually a cool thing. It's really good when you have that, mm-hmm. right? And I think that's why the, um, that is a there's a huge appeal for that. But at least, but for me, I was like, I really want to learn more about what, like, okay, the other know, side has to yeah, believe. Yeah, exactly. Like, what's the other side have to believe? Or it doesn't have to be an other side. Just like, how do we talk about issues and work together to figure out solutions, right? Right. Because um, I'm right now, I'm more in a place where I'm dipping into different worlds, like business world, entrepreneurship, and a lot of that is like, okay, how do, can we work together or like in a team to like figure out what we what we want to solve, right? So the business buzzword of synergy. Yeah, synergy, that's a good word, yeah. And it's yeah. Coming together, working together, collaboration, everything. Right. And that applies not only to politics, not only to just working together, but everywhere, obviously. Right, of course. And so that means that, I mean, that's one thing that 
I don't know, when I found, when I went to math, I've always been more, considered more conservative for where I grew up. And so I never really had my opinion to be, or I never had my voice to find. So when I went up to map at the York Fair, I also found map at the York Fair last, my freshman year. And I went to talk to Lainey, our former president, and I think Molly was there as well. And I was talking to them about how I wanted to listen more than I wanted to to talk to. Because I I don't really, I want to learn as opposed to anything else. That's what I've just found with math is that you really learn a lot more about the other side, about other people's beliefs that you might not normally engage with. Right. And that's something that I really did enjoy and it was kind of like, um, what do you call it? Because I noticed it's interesting with UW from my experience. There's a lot of activism here and I remember during, I think it was the 2016 election, there was a huge march here and then there's also the Women's March here. So like, there's a huge like passion for politics here. Right. And really like, in, I mean, yeah, it's, it was like mostly like a lot of the liberal stuff there, which was really cool. And I like, it, I love seeing, you know, engagement in politics, right? And so, but there's also, like, you can tell there's a bit of like a, like um, polarization in a sense. Because mm-hmm. I always, almost, I, every time I had seen like the flip, the more conservative orcs, I definitely felt like I, when I was listening to them and talking with them, I can tell they were like, yeah, I kind of have to like hide that a little bit or, you know, not necessarily be super open about it. And it's like, that sucks, you know? Yeah. Like, right. They, they should be able to voice their opinion too. Right. But again, it's like, it's, it's like a, it's a balancing, you know, like how do how do you talk about issues in a way where you're not like attacking someone, right? Because mm-hmm. um, the way I'm trying to view politics more is like it, it comes from a lot where like where you grew up, how you were raised to an extent, you know, but like, and then from afterwards, so that's like for the first layer, I feel like, and then it's like a second layer of like how you engage in your own world. Right. Right. And that can get very interesting because then... There's definitely the worldview and then the personal view. Right, which exactly. Which is very different. I mean, they can be very different or very similar. Mm-hmm. Right, and it's, it's very complex. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know, it's just because, like, politics for me, at least, it's like, it's like a very interesting point of change, you know, because that's where it does have a lot of, like, gravity, right? Right. You know, because, like, um, what type of policies are put out there really affect people. They affect everyone. Yeah, even if it doesn't necessarily feel like that sometimes. It, it does have an impact, and that's why it's important to be engaged. Right. You know? um, Even if you're, you should, you say you don't have any interest in politics at all, or you say that you are, because you're a blah 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 major, mm-hmm. we'll just throw a STEM major out there because I spend most of the time getting dumped on by them. But uh, <laughs> no, uh, let's say you're a chemistry major and you're mm-hmm. going to go into research and development. Well, the policies in politics still affect you because you have to follow protocols set by the U.S. government. I mean, it, it, politics really does affect every aspect of your life, regardless of whether you like it or not, unfortunately. So we do have, I feel like it's really good to engage in a discussion with everybody to get everybody's point of view, mm-hmm. get everyone's opinion across. Right. And the thing is, too, is like when it comes to like what we're trying to do here at MAPUW, is we're not trying to get people to compromise their own beliefs. Right. Then that's like the thing that can get tricky though. But it's like important though to be able to like not, you know, I feel like some people, they really take their politics to heart, you know, like that's a, 
huge source of not necessarily identity, but like, um, I really can't find the word. I don't want to say about hurt. It's not pride. It's not. It's not purpose either. But like, I think you might. I think you know what I mean. But it's mm-hmm. like, it's like very important to them, and so that's where it can get very um, interesting to talk with someone because I know people who are like very, very passionate about their politics. Oh yeah. And and I, and I love that passion, you know. And even if I might not fully agree with everything they said. I, I get I get where they're coming from and like you know like how their world their their experience shapes that right and like coming from that perspective it makes more sense to empathize with someone to you know but the, 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 there's some issues where for me yeah, I know my I know my own like boundaries for things <laughs> and that's and that's important to acknowledge you know because I know everyone has their own boundaries for what you know what they're gonna be very I don't I don't know how to say it but. You can't, you can't get what you're I get, I get what you're putting. I'm picking up what you're putting down. <laughs> and I, I agree, like, uh, I don't know, for a lot of different places, for a lot of different things, like, it feels like sometimes you have to sacrifice your beliefs, but at MAP, UW for sure, I don't believe that whatsoever. Right, and that's like how, that, and again, like, I, we're going to repeat this, it's the goal, and also to learn, really, cause, and that's kind of the nice part about having you on, on a college campus there's a lot of resources out here a lot of very knowledgeable people who have information who are studying very interesting things like um, we can talk a little bit about like one of our episodes um, I remember one of my favorite episodes was about privacy oh yeah and so uh, Ben Powers yep Ben Powers um so we'll throw the link in the description yep that's gonna go in the show notes <laughs> and we're gonna have this time but um we had a one of our guests, who was one my grad, my, my instructor for my human rights class, and he, he his research is all about privacy and how like people engage with um, governments and with through privacy in a sense. It's kind of like he was specifying his personal devices, right? Yeah, so more like phones and how like certain private privacy aspects of your phone is accessed by the government and stuff like that, mm-hmm. right? Right, and the result in that that episode got way too technical for me to understand but like it's so interesting but um yeah but it's a good learning point because i feel like in it's good to have some access to learning like what's going on because like when it comes to like say for example your cell phone is one thing that can have you know access to privacy and whatnot or your information but like but learning about like bigger you know more like broad issues within that same spectrum of privacy it can get interesting and it does have implications for how lawmakers, you know, interpret that and then, you know, write bills about, you know, privacy or whatnot or, um... Well, I mean, if you, I mean, looking at the Mark Zuckerberg case, for example, when he testified, I mean, a lot of the lawmakers really didn't understand it. And so he had to dumb it down and stop being so technical with a lot of his wording. Right. Just because of the generational gap. I mean... That's the interesting thing about our political system is that we do have different generations trying to work for different things, mm-hmm. and they might not all have the same knowledge. And that's the same in politics in real life. Some people are more knowledgeable about some things, and some people are more knowledgeable about others. Right. I mean, it's and that's really where the collective action comes together, and we start to collaborate. That's where we start to get a lot of progress. Right. As opposed to if you're all just shouting in, in your own screaming chamber and just. <laughs> You know, silo yourself off from the rest of the world. I mean, you're not gonna. Uh, that's where I feel like collaboration. That's 
why I feel like Maps collaboration style sort of sure will facilitate discussions where we more ask personal what's your experience with this? How do you what may how does this make you feel? What is this how does this relate to you mm -hmm. as opposed to like you know, what's what's the policy you believe that you should do and then you don't listen to the other side because you don't you're like they're the other side. That's where we start to like stop having progress as opposed to when we're discussing, when we're having civil discussions, trying to enact policy changes while actually listening to the other side. That's where we start to get progress. Right. In um, what's it called? Wisconsin, actually, um, there there's like one, one, an active future caucus here that it's like two of our representatives, um, stuck in, uh, Amanda uh, Stuck and Adam Malin. Yeah. And I know that they put out, I think it was an energy bill recently. Yeah, the bipartisan energy bill. Yep. And, um, yeah, and I, I think that, like, my, my personal view of how, like, you know, that, that confrontational aspect of politics is what slows, you know, politics down and policy making. Right. Like, <laughs> like the, I feel like it can get really petty sometimes just watching the news and just seeing how our, you know, Congress people are acting. It is really, really petty. Oh, yes. <laughs> Very much so. And it slows things down so much, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It slows things down whatsoever, like 100% of the time. But I think we can address this more, like, we, we can address this all we want to. I mean, we've talked about this with Stephen. We've talked about this now. Mm -hmm. um, so I definitely we go way more in depth in our episode with Steven just because he works in Washington, D.C. So if you really want to keep listening to our segment about, you know, po uh, political divides, how we really try to bridge that gap, uh, I really recommend that you go listen to our episode, our season one, episode five with Steven because he is incredibly smart and has done this since 2011, so he knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so now we're just going to move on to the podcast yep. as a whole. I, I really want to pick your brain, Alex, since I came into freshman year and I was like, uh, well, I don't know what I'm doing, all the, like, okay, this is a cool political org, like, and then first, first meeting I hear, hey, this guy wants to do a podcast. So I want to know, just like from your perspective, what made mm -hmm. you want to do a podcast? Um, how did you get that off the ground? Mm -hmm. um, how did you get MAP to support it? Um, okay. How did you pick like bipartisanship or just like political topics as a whole? Okay, okay, um, that's a good question. Awesome. to figure it out. And... Yeah, definitely. Um, so I'll start a little bit with like the day I was born. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, okay, so originally it was funny is that uh, I wasn't initially thinking about doing a podcast. Like this was um, the year that you joined. It was actually our second actual semester being an org. Mm -hmm. So originally, what we were doing, most of our stuff was being more supportive towards like um, bipartisan things and um, fair maps. So like anything against gerrymandering, we were like going to events like that. We didn't have stuff going on as much when we were, when we were first starting as an org, but. Um, so I was like originally think starting to make some music or trying to work on making music. So I bought, you know, I bought like a, a audio interface. I bought some mics to work with, and you know that was kind of something I was going to try to work on. Mm -hmm. But ended up not doing as much. But I still like still am interested in doing it. So I had this equipment 
and then we were having a meeting I think talking about what we want to do next year and I just noticed like I was listening to a lot of podcasts a lot recently and at the time I was really interested in this one podcast actually no what happened is um, I remember one of the huge things that we were doing part of our like strategy to kind of bring people together is we were making infographics about okay where is um where are some good podcasts that you can listen to that are not necessarily super partisan where you can get the information just then and there right but without worrying about oh it's so you know it's so left-leaning it's so right-leaning you know it's so this or that or that there's an agenda with it so that was like what my project that i was working on like finding podcasts that are like that and just making a little infographic so that kind of planted that idea in my head and then once i had the equipment i was just pitching the idea hey why don't we do a podcast and then I have the equipment, um, I have the, the software I, I, I needed. And at that, that point, I already had a podcast. Like, it was more of a YouTube show that I started maybe, I think it was my freshman year I was working on it. But then I kind of, you know, steered away from it because it was originally placed on YouTube. It was a, it was like a libertarian podcast. I was trying to interview different people. I interviewed musicians. I, and it was like, it was like a, a weird podcast. It was basically like, arts and politics oh interesting yeah so i was interviewing a lot of people who were more right-leaning okay so that was kind of the thing and i was and then once i did that i kind of like it was a youtube show so it was like live streamed and just had my little audio um my usb mic that i was using at that time and so i kind of launched that a little bit it didn't go that great i wasn't really putting the time into that right so then i dropped it and deleted the channel and i was like mm, yeah it's fine whatever and then after that, once the sh- uh, idea of this podcast came about, I was like, I don't know exactly what I want to do with it, but I really want it to be more, you know, chill, conversational, but also informative. Right. So part of it was like, I still like leaned into that interview stuff that I used to do. So like, I kind of like work on those skills again mm-hmm. and I kind of developed that a lot for a while. So um, part of it was like, I kind of wanted it to be like a mix of, um, like of my original thought was, I kind of want to look at bills and like fi- you know really look at it um, like live and figure out. Okay, I remember like, talking to you about that. Yeah, because like at um, the very beginning. Yep. When we first had our interesting off in the first episode. Yeah. That's very interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's very interesting. Um, yeah, I know. I remember. I do remember coming in on that and just saying that would be really interesting to start doing a podcast with this guy because I didn't really know anybody. Mm-hmm. I was like. Why not? Let's give it a shot. And then right. When we started to record it, and I was the first episodes are a couple. The first couple episodes of season one, not gonna lie, are a little bit rough. I mean, per usual, like when you start off something, it's not gonna be perfect. Right. And plus, it was kind. I was kind of like the one man show at first because I did not know how to delegate. Yeah. But also, um, what's funny though, because when I was thinking about the original idea, um, my inspiration was this um, one podcaster that I wanted to interview for my original show her and i found out about her because my friend who had a podcast which is a more libertarian podcast and he did interview style work too and so her name is jennifer briney b-r-i-n-e-y and she has a show called congressional dish where what she does is she looks at bills passed by congress and what she and with those bills she'll like read them and like you know talk about what's in those bills and on her podcast and it's like a bi-weekly podcast and I support her through Patreon which is a very cool platform mm-hmm. and so when I was listening to that podcast it was so informative and it was like two hours long but at the same time 
it didn't feel as if I was being preached at by you know someone by a pundit, which is the thing I kind of enjoyed. So I kept, when I was going with this podcast, I was like, I want the same to create the same experience for someone to right. listen to a podcast where they're not feeling like, oh, they're they're you know they're trying to convince me of something I'm I'm not interested in. So um, going and tying that together like that like okay I want to be informative, but I also like the interview style. So let's just interview people who have a research interest in something or I think I want to expand it more to like actual like you know community work right um, versus just like um, people who are doing research because you know I feel like research can be a little bit uh, can turn off some people just like oh yeah. this person does research so that's probably really boring. connected with the real world or something right right so my first I, I just like we were just bouncing off ideas as a team like what do we want to talk about mm-hmm. and then we need to figure out who do we find would be interested in that because again um first it, it, it i'd rather have a, a guest to like interview because that that can lead to a lot of interesting conversations and oh, yes. a lot of insights for people who like study these things for a while and they're kind of outside the political spectrum so it's a little bit easier to like you know not really um have politicize a it. yeah politicize it or have like an agenda like that but um so that's kind of what I did, and just kind of find topics that are relevant, but also more future leaning. Like one of my huge favorite episodes was um, the uh, the autonomous vehicle episode. So we I was just like emailing someone who does research on um, autonomous vehicles on campus, and then just like emailed them, and they're like, oh hey, I have a guy who would probably be more interested in talking about that, and then we just like interviewed him and talked about like not just like. Just um, future of automation in general, right? Yeah, or like that's a fun one. That was and just kind of more like the uh, general. What's what do you think are the implications in terms of policy or whatever with you know having self-driving vehicles or autonomous vehicles in, right. this, in this case? But um, and I kind of want to make you know because like I feel like a lot of times like there are very key sections of um, of policy that we can talk about easily, mm-hmm. but sometimes it can get very broad. You know, like when you talk about criminal justice or that's so so broad what exactly are we talking about it's really great to like narrow that down right and luckily like i said earlier too with having a big research university like uw there's a lot of people doing research on stuff that Mm -hmm. is very fascinating and you can make a you know not to necessarily say i'm politicizing it but kind of talking about it in a way like okay we can you yeah, know. I get what you're talking yeah. about. Just talking, having a civil discussion, and right. just trying to learn more about it as opposed to just politicizing it. Right. We do that well with. I feel like we did that pretty well with a lot of political issues too, because we run with our gerrymandering podcast. Yeah, that we was. were talking about. Uh, we were talking just about voting in general in the mm-hmm. United States and how it's different between every state with very burden. Yep. Um, and I'll link that in the description as well, but I think. Stuff like that. That also, we, t- we try to not only, I feel like one of our goals with the podcast is not only to address non political issues and learn more and see how politics can tie into that. Right. As we did with some of the automated cars and, I mean, to an extent, personal privacy, stuff like that. I also feel like we try to take political issues here and make it non political. Right. Which is detoxifying politics one podcast at a time right but so AJ uh, I'm just really curious how so 
you kind of went in depth about how you founded the podcast, mm -hmm. about what we try to do here at the podcast. Right. So what is your vision with the podcast going forward? Yeah, that's a good question. Right now, what I'm trying to go for is kind of make the podcast something that people can listen to and not just learn, but kind of open their mind a little more and be able to hear more. And right now is the perfect time for podcasts because more people are listening to them. It's just like very good, a very good platform for having a lot of content. Right. And even then, my goal is to break down the content that we make here at the podcast into something that can be more digestible like elsewhere but can still provide that value of like okay kind of learning my, my hope is more for learning but also like the detoxification part and just kind of seeing where that goes right but in terms of like growing i i really don't know where mm -hmm. it's gonna go but i hope to see it grow and have people listen to it more and just kind of you know really gain value from it kind of like learning but also like learning from someone else who's okay i, I don't you know, I might not have been exposed to that topic that much because of my, you know, my growing up. Because I feel like generally, um, from my experience, I've definitely been on that where like I only seek the thing that I want. Right. So listen to a long form podcast or even the snippets of it where we talk about a topic, but there's no like um, indication from hearing it that it's going to be left or right leaning or whatever. Mm -hmm. But you can still learn, you know. Right. Because I feel like the moment you tag a like a political group to something or it immediately becomes politicized and then right. you're going to lose some of your base just because well I don't associate with them so I don't want to hear what they have to say exactly okay. yeah I get that so more to, to talk a little bit more about the podcast as a whole um, we talked about of course I mean I, I'm going to repeat myself a little bit right mm -hmm. now but we've talked about your vision of course yep we've talked about how you got here uh, we've talked about what the podcast believes in. So to anybody who might think they want to do a podcast or mm -hmm. think that they might kind of need or right. not, they don't need, but they want to learn more or mm -hmm. just anything, um, what do you have to say to them? Okay, so right now, like I said, it's the best time to be involved with podcasting. And it's an even better time to actually put out a podcast. Mm -hmm. Cause I remember when I was first starting, cause this was my, like the first podcast I started was like that, the libertarian one. Cause I remember there was a trend of like online YouTube personalities, you know, talking about politics and doing an interview show style, um, interview style show. And all I did was go on Amazon and buy like a little $20 um, USB mic, even though most people are gonna say, oh, don't get that. But if you wanna do it and then that's all you can afford, just do it and then mm -hmm. just like, you can just literally plug into your computer and then get Audacity, which is like um, a very a free software that you can get for audio editing, mm -hmm. and then just talk about something you're passionate about, um, and then just record it and then put it out there for you know for the world, and then just you know keep going at it, and then just um, try to learn from what you what's not working and figure out what you can do to improve. And low key, the internet has so much information. And like even now, I'm trying to like learn the different um, tech I'm using right now. Like I went into like this whole rabbit hole about like what's a good what's uh, good for recording video and audio. Right. And I decided okay. And then once I saved up a little bit of money, I bought some um, uh, uh, newer mics, which are like very cheap um, mics that you would connect to a audio interface. Which I I have a Focusrite Scarlett 
mm-hmm. and that you just can have like some cords connected to your mic and then just have like some cheap stands that you can use to like just hook it up and right. then connect it to your computer and then just record and just see what you know what you come up with and it really has to be something you, you're passionate about otherwise you're not gonna really do it much you know and um, right now luckily my university gives us a discount for Adobe Creative Suite so I use Audition now which kind of helps especially because I do like to do music production a little bit mm-hmm. so I've been just kind of like trying to experiment with making little intro songs and outro songs mm-hmm. and with Audition for me at least it's a little easier to like just plug them in and in YouTube is a great source for like learning how to use these tools. Right. So that's kind of like my little stuff to, to learning how to use, um, how to make a podcast. And also I think this is something I'm personally learning more about, like how you um, condense the information. And I think I was talking about this earlier, like into snippets that would be valuable for someone and then just putting them out on different social medias. Right. So it's like a bit, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a learning experience mm-hmm. for, for in general. And do you think that this will benefit you later in life? Yeah, definitely, because um, I have I have a lot of good interview skills now mm-hmm. after doing this podcast and learning how to chat with someone and being more um, willing to learn different skills that I didn't know at first mm-hmm. and being able to kind of like run my own show and kind of like learn how to communicate with people. Like when I'm, when I'm inviting guests, I really have to learn how to like contact a guest better. And I'm still learning to for, shoot them. Yeah, a little bit like that. But yeah. Um, I'm still learning how to, you know, for different guests, you know, because um, most of the guests I've been t- um, contacting were more university-based. Mm-hmm. Now it's a different set of skills, talking to someone who might be more on the, you know, in community side, community or, the, side yeah. or in politics. So it's like you kind of have to have like an open mind and be willing to learn because it, there's a lot of information out there, but it's great, you know. Right. So that's a little bit of that. And then as MAP as a whole, do you think it's, helped you build your communication skills and build your understanding of the world or like quite a bit and how much do you think it will help you with your careers and coming forward i like that that's a good question yeah so i think the one i actually it's funny because i'm I'm like i love linkedin right now it's Mm -hmm. my favorite platform and all snap to that yeah definitely (laughs) and even though like um some places it's hard to bring up politics but i feel like my personal goal right now is to go into like the medical field and having like a view of like, you know, being able to like be more hungry for like understanding what is going on is important for me. Cause like, especially with like different regulations that affect healthcare, that would probably help me become a better advocate for like better policy or like addressing those policy issues, you know, in some way, shape or form. I don't know how, <laughs> but, right. um, but kind of having those skills of being able to communicate with someone in a way where you're not necessarily attacking them, but um, or you know, or making it more hostile, which can happen. But I'm not saying everyone does that. But you know, um, learning how to facilitate conversation well helps. Right. And in the future, and that's like one thing too that we learn in math, kind of like how do you facilitate conversation better. Mm-hmm. And it's like the, that that skill that helps with like teamwork and like when you're going into like a field that um, requires you to work with someone, you learn how to facilitate and learn how to communicate better which is helpful for like my future career I guess yeah. and whatever I do and um <laughs> and I love the fact that um the founder is like literally an entrepreneur in politics it's not like he like he was a like a f- elected official like he was someone who wanted to do something and you know address the problem and then just you know did it mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's kind of like an interesting um frame of mind to work with you know 
right? You just I agree completely. The message of MAP and the message of our podcast are all just about collaboration, facilitation, discussion. And of course, I think as well it will really help us in the future with everything. Um, I think because we have to communicate more and more in this world that stuff like this, like having a civil discussion, having a simple discussion, learning more, all invaluable skills that we can take with with us for the rest of our lives. Uh, Thank you for listening to Roadmap to Politics. I'm your host, JH. And I'm AJ. And we'll see you next two weeks.